tap it in. Welcome back, everybody, to the Big Players Only Podcast, the best place to catch up on golf from around the world, including the golf of your favorite big players, Ben, Josh, Tyler, Tully, Colin, and Kenny Oneput. We're a partner of the Listen Frederick Podcast Network and sponsored by the best tasting, pre-mixed transfusion on the market for craft cocktails, revamped, and now 7%. You can get these bad boys shipped right to your door. Go check them out at fourcraftcocktails.com. In the room tonight, we got myself, Ben, Tyler, Tully, Colin, and Kenny Oneput. We'll take a look at the BMW Championship, which wrapped up this past Sunday. A bit of a shakeup in the FedEx Cup standings as Will Zalatoris has to withdraw with a back injury. More on that later. And Patrick Cantlay wins his second BMW Championship in a row. We also had a couple names play themselves into the top 30, punching their ticket into this week's Tour Championship. One of those players, an elite name in the world of golf, clutching with an amazing up and down in the last hole of the tournament. Stick around to see who it was. And as we alluded to, looking forward to this week, the top 30 in the FedEx Cup standings head to the Tour Championship at Eastlake. We'll break down the unique scoring setup for this event, which was revamped just a few years ago. It's got a few naysayers out there, but we'll discuss why it still might crown the best champion. We should be in store for a great week of golf as past champions Rory McIlroy, Patrick Cantlay, Justin Thomas, Jordan Spieth, and Billy Horschel in the field. They'll meet the challengers in Scotty Scheffler, Xander Schauffele, Sam Burns, and Tony Finau, to name a few. We'll make our picks as we head into the final event of this PGA Tour season. Thanks, everyone, for joining us. We hope you enjoy the episode. Four Craft Cocktails, the best tasting and easiest drinking transfusion on the market. Whether you're on the course, at a tailgate, or enjoying a Friday night with your friends, you'll find the pre-mixed 7% Four Craft Transfusion just what you're looking for to mix things up. With a variety of other products, including a Bloody Mary, Ranch Water, and a coming this summer John Daly, it's the go-to beverage for the big players. A family-owned, all-natural, gluten-free drinking option that has the guys playing their best and feeling even better. You can find all their retail locations at 4craftcocktails.com. That's F-O-R-E, craftcocktails.com. And make sure to mention to your local beer shop and golf course that we need these things everywhere. All right, the Country Club in Wilmington holds up. What a true test of golf. Uh, the guys really struggled out there, but Patrick Cantlay gets it done for the second time in two years. Back-to-back BMW Championship winner. I remember last year that playoff against DeChambeau was just electric. Probably one of the best playoffs I've seen on the PGA Tour in a while. He shows up again. He beats a really great field. Interesting to see Adam Scott and Scott Stallings. Not a crazy stacked leaderboard, um, but a guy like Patrick Cantlay he just kind of comes out of nowhere. Um, you know, playing consistent golf, it's a course that rewards kind of guys that do a lot of things well, drive the ball well, get up and down well, and putt well. And watching him throughout the final round, he just didn't really make any mistakes. Any thoughts on Patrick for you guys? Yeah, one thing for me is like, it seems like it wasn't that long ago that we were talking about what was it, Cantley's meteoric fall. Yeah, yeah. And then he comes back and he's playing his best golf at the end of the year right when he needs to. Wait, I mean, who, who called it who a meteoric fall? Who was talking about meteoric fall? <laughs> I believe we. I believe it was a we thing, not just a me thing. Uh, but no, I was on the rise side for I'm sure. I'm back on the Cantley side. I oh mean, he's looking God. great. Goddamn meteor. Well, I think it is interesting now that we're in the trenches watching this stuff week to week, how much we. It's hard for us to recognize that, like, oh, Scotty misses two cuts and we're like, Scotty's done. But it's like, if you didn't look at golf for a month and you said, oh, Scotty won twice, missed two cuts, then he made a couple cuts, you're like, 
Well, he's playing pretty normal up and down, but for us, we're so in the trenches that like Cantley didn't have a great summer, so we're like, he's done. But if you looked at Cantley over the past two years, his resume is so impressive. Yeah, but he's so boring, you know. Like I think Ken said it before, he's like he he fits his sponsor. He yeah. he looks like in an alternate world, he's working at Goldman Sachs and just kind of you know punching some numbers somewhere. He's just not fun to like interact with or watch. But in totality, he's been pretty consistent. Maybe that's what you need in all this turmoil right now. Like, there's so much happening in the golf world, so much news, and Cantley's just out there putting his head down and winning tournaments. He's a great long-term investment. It's <laughs> like We talk about how boring he is, but I can't stop thinking about that Instagram post where he's like sitting on the beach with his shirt unbuttoned with all the girls behind him. It's like, he that must be doing, cool, he must cool be doing something that we don't know. It's winning millions of dollars. Yeah, he that's is a little bit of doing. a dog. But yeah, he's like, he's like wet paper, I swear. Him and then yeah. Zay Xander Schauffele, too, who, uh, you know, we'll see ranked pretty highly here in the, in the Tour Championship. Another wonderful golfer, decent personality, just like Cantley's got a decent personality. But then on the course, these guys, like, they're just trained to be so stone cold and don't show any emotion, and it's tough to get behind them. You're right. But interestingly enough, like, with that win, he did put himself, like, into contention to become the first person to ever win back-to-back FedEx Cups and join only Tiger and Rory as uh, people to win it twice. So yeah, that do, do at least get some storylines other than, like, Scotty running away with it, especially with, you know, we got some injuries and all that kind of stuff that the other contenders are really dealing with. Well, too, in a world where I remember when we started this podcast, we had the discussion about how technology might be ruining golf and guys are hitting it too far and people were recommending to reel the golf ball back in to make drivers so – stop making them so long. But we got Scotty Scheffler, Patrick Cantley, Will Zalatoris, Xander Schauffele, top four guys in the playoffs this year. None of them extremely long, right? I think some of them in the top 25% of being long, but it's nice to see that a guy like Patrick Cantlay can really excel in the PGA Tour still, and he certainly is, you know, midpoint as far as distance is concerned. His swing is so darn smooth. I saw a video today. It was like his swing every year for the past 11 years, and it just hasn't changed one bit. Like, I feel like when I, or like when we step up, like after the offseason, it's just completely different swing. We're just trying to find it again. His, his is just has not changed in 11 years. And it's so smooth. And he gets so much power out of that move. It's crazy. I do love finding those reels that they make because you look at a guy like a Patrick Cantley in 2011, like no one knew if he was going to make it, right? But he's like, he stayed true to himself. He kept his swing. And now look at him. He's going to, you know, have a really good chance to win the tour championship back to back years. I like watching Rory's uh, Rory's version of that because his like hair changes so much over the years. <laughs> Not to mention, it's it like a little good. little chubby, little thin, <laughs> yeah. little hair, a little long hair, it's a little like short. A glow up over the years, so basically. Yeah, you're only just a lot of money away from being beautiful, guys. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so then, our other major storyline from last last week and heading into this week is our boy Willie Zalatoris two bulge discs. Yeah, out indefinitely. No, no timeline. Roller coaster over a couple weeks for him. He, uh, I know, he wakes his first PGA Tour win. Gets rid of his caddy without his with his yeah. new caddy, without his old caddy, and all of a sudden he's headed into the final event, the BMW Championship, number one seed. Yeah. All he's got to do is have you know a top ten, top five finish, and he's headed into East Lake with a two shot lead. Bulge two discs, pulls out round three. What are you guys' thoughts on Willie Z? It's tough, man. I mean, I, what's the timeline on that kind of thing? It's it's like three, four months. Of I think that's something that lingers like a yeah. month. Well, that's what my buddy Matt's got, right? So it's yeah. like it can kind of like with, with yoga and maybe with like some cortisone shots or something like that, it can yeah. kind of work itself out quickly in a couple months. But it's also something that he could maybe never play golf well again yeah, because of. Something yeah. does tell me Willie does a little more yoga than Matt does. Yes, I, I agree. <laughs> Yeah, it's unfortunate. I mean, seeing a guy at the top of his game like that, especially like that the the uh, the PGA guys are kind of thinning out with a lot of guys that live. I mean, Willie Z was one of the guys that are going to carry the banner, and him being out is kind of a big blow to the PGA side for sure. Yeah, it definitely hurts, and especially like we said, you know, he finally kind of broke through that ceiling. He got that first win. You know, you kind of almost expected him to like you know come in and just keep firing because he's played so well in all the big tournaments. 
And then to see this happen, it's, it's just, it hurts to see you hurt for him kind of a little bit. But at the same time, like, he does, you know, he's got a chance to have all the best medical attention in the world. You know, we've seen yeah. golfers come back from this. You know, Tiger's had every <laughs> single back injury possible and still been able to go out and play. And he's, what, 26, maybe? So, I mean, at least he's young. So he should Time be, is I, on his side. I think we'll definitely see him back out there. You make a good point about Will, though. It's like, you're right. He shows up when the... In the biggest moments, right when when the heat is the hottest, he is the guy to watch out for. And not being able to have him in this tour championship is it's probably going to take away from it a little bit. You can always count on he probably you know he's only gonna he would have only been projected to to start three shots back. He would have had a real good chance of chasing down Scotty. And the Presidents Cup too, right? Yeah, he, you we'll miss him at the end too. of September when we go down to Charlotte for Presidents Cup. That's also a bummer too because it's like this is a kid, right? We think about these up and coming players, and ten or fifteen years from now, when our maybe when our kids are watching golf, and we're like, yeah, we got to see him play in his first Presidents Cup, and now we're gonna miss it. It's a real bummer. So we talked last week about Cam Smith uh, skipping the BMW. I kind of alluded to, hey, maybe if he's hurt, take a little time off, get better. Well, he did skip the event, and he now falls to sixth, right? So missing the event, essentially like a missed cut, a withdrawal, whatever. He's going to be starting six shots back. I think that he's pretty much, I mean, Cam can do Cam things, but he could have definitely shot himself in the foot here. So did he get passed by three people, four, four including, well, he was behind Will Zalatoris, who's now out, but he's still behind Scotty, and then three passed him, Cantlay, Xander, and Sam Burns, if I'm looking at this. Yeah, screen. Cantlay, yeah. Xander, and Sam Burns passed him, yeah. All with good weeks, too. But he cumulatively lost about four strokes there, right? Because he would have started, well, yeah, he would have been eight under, and now he's starting four under, yeah, so four shots deeper, yeah. But starting six back now. Yeah, he's got to make up a stroke and a half a day versus making up two strokes over four rounds. But then if he played well, if he would have played well at the BMW, he could have had a chance to start as the leader, right? Right. I don't know. Do you think that was worth it for him to sit out, like, one week to, I don't know, that seems like a big cost to me. I don't know. I who knows what's on Cam's mind? Yeah, but that's what I was going to say. It's, you know, it's all wrapped up in this controversy. I mean, it is. I know, and, and the payday is so massive for pretty much everyone that finishes inside the top ten this week. That I mean, it's it's a big calculation in his mind. But um, he's dro- I mean, dropping four extra strokes in a tournament where every shot toward the end of Sunday is worth you know five ten million dollars. You're right. It probably is not going to work out for him. I just think it's interesting that like especially with this. I don't want to keep. We're, we're going to talk about live a lot, but PJ live controversy and 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 it seems like the coverage of golf. What 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 amount of it is about the golf right now? Like 10%. And like, that's, that's the part that we want to talk about and we value the most, but like someone like Cam, you know, thinking, can I sacrifice a couple million when he's going to make 150 million next week or something? That's just like a, it's just so, it's just confusing right now for us and for the players or for, for someone like how to gauge what's in his mind. Cause only he knows only his inner circle knows, you know? But yeah, obviously he sacrificed his position in the current standings. Yeah. I mean, hypothetically speaking, if we're you know, talk about, you know, all the money aspect that's going into it, you know, the winner, of the tournament, so hypothetically, say Scotty holds on, wins it, he gets eighteen million dollars versus the person that's he's what can start in fifth. The cam will start in six, so S- two and six, a half, so two point five million. So just a solid, you know, yeah. fifteen and a half million dollars swing. If he, nothing were to change in the standings for him, so yeah. I mean, that's kind of a that's a bold move, regardless of who you are. I think and that's a that's a sizable chunk of change. And this is like, I mean, this is what Colin keeps talking about. We keep defaulting, like no one really, you know, I'd rather see good golf than know how much these guys make but it's just hard not to talk i know about, it's you know? definitely the topic of conversation especially now when you look at like and we'll talk more about tour championship when we get there but the purses are just growing insurmountably right and then you think about how much money they're making to go to live and it's like how can we talk about anything other than the money even yeah. though the golf is good it's just there's there's such a, a high quantity of good golfers around the world too it's like how do you differentiate them and right now it's who makes more money i mean the money is how i let my wife know i'm striving to get on this tour <laughs> so i can get this like great lifestyle mil. for us it's like you know that so two mil yes yeah, so i gotta keep keep 
keep that's our standard fee too mill last point on this though like i think it's such a stark contrast to like the stuff we were talking about at the open like with cam and like it was so it was all about the golf and it was like such a beautiful kind of comeback and like it just it was crushing for a rory but like that was all about the golf right and now we're just in this weird zone where it's all about the money right like the open championship purse is solid it's definitely one of the lower major championships but that doesn't get talked about one time throughout the entire week until maybe 7 p.m on sunday after the after the prizes are given and they go he also made 1.8 million dollars you're right Cam Smith paired with Rory on Thursday, so that should be an oh, interesting. Oh, really? Shit. That's no a really there. great catch there. Nice. No love there. All right, so other things from last week or this past week. We also have this new venture from Tiger Woods and Rory McIlroy and then some other influential businessman called Tomorrow Sports. Tully, can you tell us a little more about it? Yeah, so the Tomorrow Sports, conveniently, you know, some sort of combination of Tiger and Rory's initials there. Uh-huh. Um, but, yeah, so basically, it's a very, like, tech-focused are you, are you trying to Wait, figure that out? I just tiger, tiger, tiger I didn't, I didn't McElroy. see the Rory McIlroy. No it's a little backwards. Yeah, tiger McIlroy. Cool. I still Woods. don't get it. Tiger McIlroy. intentional? I have no idea, but I, be. I believe it's short <laughs> for tomorrow. It is, but it, it does happen to also be their initials. Does it not? So yeah. is Tomorrow Sports a new name and company, or are they new backers to this? I want to say it's been established. I think it is, but it just happens it to be. It does happen to be their I exact initials. I was looking on Robinhood to try to buy some stock, and I couldn't find it this afternoon. It's probably a penny stock. You're going to have to get with, uh, who is it? Balfour. Yeah, you're going to have to get with, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but basically it's like, they're going to, it's supposedly going to be a very like tech, bringing like technology and stuff into sports and particularly in this case, golf. So you may have heard earlier on, like maybe last week, early this week, that there's something happening where Tiger and Rory are trying to bring like golf to like stadium events. So we're seeing, you know, Tiger and Rory hit golf balls in, you know, Dallas Stadium or something like that, which is weird to me, but somehow like this is supposed to be directly connected to that and it has their involvement and everything has the Jay Monahan's approval unlike, you know, everything with Live. So I think it's going to be really interesting. I think this is going to kind of be an introductory into the PJ Tour potentially moving away from their whole nonprofit setup and like getting people basically incentivized to stay with the PGA Tour because, you know, Tiger and Rory now are directly connected to this company that they're going to partner with, all that kind of stuff. So you're saying it's going to be like Holy Moly, that show that was on CBS? Hopefully. (laughs) And I believe that was Nick (laughs) Lowe. Here's the question. Like, do you think, uh, so do you think, and this was, I've been in the works for a while. Do you think they got wind of live early and started planning this a long time ago? Or this is a very direct response in the last like two months, three months about getting this off the ground? Like, I, I think that's a big distinction right i mean i don't know if we know the answer to that i think that's the the worrisome part is that i think we've known that live was probably going to be a thing like for the last probably 10 years i mean norman's been trying it for 30 years but i mean i think i'm saying the past 10 years we knew as venture capital grows that golf is just next up for venture capital investment but uh it does feel like they're like the way they're describing tomorrow's sports is they don't really have it figured out like they don't actually know what they're going to do so yet it's a new idea it's like they're just now addressing live when it seems like they should have been addressing it a long time ago it seems to me like there's a really interesting i mean the really interesting story here is tiger and roy to a degree but like tiger is becoming the de facto commissioner like we've you know talked about in like in the next 10 years i mean he might he, he might actually be the commissioner of a very well supplant whoever the commissioner is is the most powerful he's a real Tywin Lannister vibe kind of like well, sit there you yeah. know hand of the king he's playing the game but, but I think it's kind of like you know it's kind of like LeBron like wanting to own a team or Jordan owning a team yeah, and like yeah. becoming like more than you know more than uh you know an athlete and I, I, I you know it seems like the PGA has no choice to 
but to go along with this if, even if they didn't want to do yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, I think clearly, like, the meeting that was last week showed that Tiger really moves the needle, like, for all of these players. Even yeah. In real estate, probably the guys that are at Live are really still thinking about whatever Tiger's saying to these guys and wishing maybe they were in the meeting to hear what's happening there. And you don't realize that a big piece of what makes Live as notor- you know, notable as it is, is Greg Norman. He is a big piece of that. So, yeah. and no, and there's no, I don't, I really think a lot of people are trying, maybe throwing shade toward Jade Monahan saying the PJ Tour was so slow to evolve. And, but I really think that Jay Monahan never could have done what Tiger's doing now because it has a lot to do with Tiger's notoriety. Mm-hmm. So Jay Monahan could come out and say the PJ wow. Tour is going to do this and going to do that. But then, you know, where does Jay compare to Tiger? So now Tiger coming out saying they're going to do this stuff and then probably back to PGA Tour with it. I think this is really, really good news for the PGA Tour, making Tiger more of a figurehead, changing things up to compete with Liv. I agree, and I'm on board with anything that Tiger and Rory is gonna, are going to be involved with. Uh, I just I just hope <laughs> I hope that there is not an overreaction from the PGA Tour's side. Like, it gets too gimmicky. Like, we're talking about yeah, events and stadiums. Like, holy moly, like, that was a joke. But actually, like, I don't want the PJ tour like resort to that just because live is now threatening them. Like just keep doing what you're doing. People are going to support you there. There's going to be good golf on TV. So just keep moving forward. Are you, are you worried that like a lot of the, I, I, it's a good point. I agree with you. Are you worried a lot of the like um, smaller tournaments are just going to get sacrificed and some of the legacy and tradition of those tournaments is just going to get kind of swept under the rug. I yeah. feel like that's like kind of the big, one of the big takeaways here. Yeah, I do. I don't want to sacrifice like the rock and mortgage classic just so we can see a bunch of guys hit it through rings. Yeah, in that's a, a good point. In a, in the football stadium. Yeah. You know? So what I was reading was basically that all those could be like a one day event kind of thing. All like the stadium stuff. So I don't, I almost feel like it's like, Oh, we're going to lose the Monday practice round at, at, you know, any of these tournaments. And it's just going to be, Oh, they're out there, you know, shooting shots and you're doing more like a fan engagement to, you know, make golf louder, you know, to quote Liv's whole like slogan. They're just to kind of engage people in a different way rather than actually giving up a tournament. Like it's kind of going to be coupled with things rather than its own, you know, just one off. Or the other side was it's going to be like in the month of January where right. there's not really too much golf. They're not actually and it's where these guys weren't even playing in the tournaments anyway. Well, isn't that contradictory though to these guys wanting to take control of their schedules and play limited events, but then they're doubling down and saying more and more and doing t- PGA plus tomorrow. And then the, you know, everyone's just going to keep playing more to get more. So it's like, you know I mean? It's kind of a yeah. tough balance. Well, there. that's kind of one of the things that came out of that big meeting from last week as well is that like trying to basically like 15 events that fi- are, yeah, 15 events that all of the top, you know, 60 players like are committed to, and that's what they're going to build their schedule around rather than, you know, everyone just kind of hodgepodging it together so you'd get more consistent and you could still maybe have that flexibility to only play 15, 20 events. Yeah, not like the not that the Rocket Mortgage Classic ever really had the notoriety that, I don't know, I think it's a great event and it, and it, it serves a lot of purposes, but you're right. It's like as these tour players figure out what their schedule is going to look like, even more and more tour players are going to start skipping that event if we get more events that maybe have more money or provide more television presence and stuff like that. So I think naturally those events, it's almost like we develop another, like a, like a, a tour within the PGA Tour that's almost like the, the Corn, uh, Ferry. Corn Ferry, yeah. but it's actually for seasoned professionals to retain their status. Maybe like it's that. the answer though. Maybe the, like I was, you see like the Corn Ferry, like, 25 celebration thing where there were guys were like yeah, popping yeah. bottles and it's stuff awesome. like get those 25 guys in there and have them win a tournament so there's probably gonna be like five superstars in there one day yeah i think you just create like kind of these two distinct tiers on the pga tour of the guys who are the elite they're playing in the most 
you know, highest priced events. And then you have the second tier of guys who are working their way to that. And I mean, the more levels you create within the PJ tour really just grows to the legacy of it and the sustainability of it, because the more people you have, the more people will watch. I just curiously, do you guys, does anyone have any thoughts on like the whole thing that came out with ship knuck? We're saying that it was seven players that he knows are leaving right after the tour championship. Like who those seven players are going to be. Well, it doesn't surprise me if I were to give an opinion on the seven players, I got some ideas, but I also wonder like, so does that mean they just have this massive bench of players on live? So, cause they're only playing what 48 players in every event. They can easily change that. They're going to get, but I mean, unless they start either kicking people like off of live and ha- or they start carrying a roster of 80, they're going to start picking and choosing who it goes to which and what events. It's kind of weird. Well, I think what live said has come out with like that. They're going to be more set teams. And then there's going to be like relegation for like performers. And like, otherwise they're just kind of playing on the Asian tour to like maintain status and stuff like that. I'm just curious. Like, I think obviously everyone's heard like Cam Smith, Mark Leishman as like big names to go. Hideki was in the Hideki's one that they kind of like Dan Rapport was reporting how like big of a needle he is because how important he is to like the Pacific Asian you know ring of golf there because he is the biggest name in Japanese golf. So like he's one, but he was also at that meeting with Tiger and like allegedly has also come out saying he was you know committed to the PGA Tour. Mm -hmm. So I don't like I think that is probably the biggest. Was he at the meeting? I didn't see his name on the list. I think I saw his name on the list. I could have been wrong. But I do think that that live being the money hungry organization he that it not, is, sorry. yeah, I don't think Hideki was there, which I think even adds more to the speculation. Yeah. But I think I generally think that Hideki has like you know I, th- I think that his his he's he's putting his balls in the court of PGA Tour his balls balls. But I do think that Live is going to start really attacking this Asian tour because mm-hmm. like it's it's the biggest golf and the fastest growing golf market in the world. Yeah, and I, even though. The PGA Tour probably should have done a better job trying to, you know, weave that more into their tour. I know that the Asian Tour was like a an affiliated tour with the PGA Tour, but um, I could see guys like Hideki and Sungjae and Siwoo and all these guys, they go over to live, right? They get like a, a more abbreviated schedule for what they say, but they're also going to make a ton more money. And then live is just going to start, you know, going after this Asian market and it could be even more money for these guys. The Korean golf is actually a really good point because don't they have like the uh, military commitment stuff? That they have to deal with, like if they don't like win an Olympic gold medal or something yeah. like that, that they are forced to, you know, go and serve for X amount of yeah, years. Yeah, like three, it's like three or four years. So, Sun Moon, so like, Moon Bay was a great golfer. Getting a then, huge payday from Live is like a big deal in that situation. Yeah, because essentially they, yeah, once you serve that, once they once they do their service, like it's actually it's very, hard to it's come. It's fairly back. rare for those guys to resurface. You're yeah. right. That's why I respect like someone like John Rahm, who's like he's another like flag bearer for a country for like Spain, and he could, he just gets picked off. You know, for, I'm sure he's been offered two hundred million. Oh, get, you know, it's like so Hideki is probably you know five times, ten times as many viewers. You know, yeah. So. Yeah, I mean it's it's smart business by Liv, but I mean you know it's 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 uh, when does it when does that come out? Do we know? Like it's supposed uh, to literally come out like the, the 29th, day. the day after. Yeah, I would assume it's very soon yeah. after because their next mm-hmm. event will be September second and third yeah. Labor Day, and weekend. they're all expected. The seven that are apparently leaving that were all in the FedEx Cup playoffs are expected to play in that event. And then one yeah. more thing I'd like to shelf for the next episode that we need to talk about is: Are the people that went to Live that had qualified for the Presidents Cup? On the international side, are they also not going to compete? Because I'm not so sure it's as clear cut as when you play in a Ryder Cup. It's it's PJ Tour versus RNA or European Tour. So those two entities have clearly defined like Live is not going to be supported by us. But this committee that governs the international team for the Ryder Cup or the Presidents Cup is not so clear cut. So I'm not sure they've made distinctions on whether these players should be banned. like the Mexican golfers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty much it's Central South America, Australia, mm-hmm. and South Africa. Interesting. Honestly, that that would kind of be 
cool if the international team is like filled with live players. The US team is like I would United against the PGA to against yeah. live. That just adds a whole another like element to the Presidents Cup. Yeah. We'll, we'll bring that up in a future episode because I want to do some more research on that. So I think that does it for this week for the BMW Championship. We'll be back in a second to talk about the final event of the 2022 season on the PGA Tour, the Tour Championship at Eastlake. And we're on to the Tour Championship at East Lake, the top 30 golfers from the FedEx Cup points list. This is our final event. We have our biggest purse. In fact, this purse is going to be over $58 million with $18 million going to the winners. So Take that, uh, Liv. a lot of variance here. I mean, uh, you finish, uh, you maybe have a bad back nine there on Sunday and drop a couple spots. You're going to be tossing millions of dollars out the window. And then we also have everyone in the top 10 making at least $1 million. So a crazy payday this week. If you come in last, I think you're going to be making something like 500K. So you could just have yourself a Phil Mickelson type week and you're still rocking 500K out the door. So let's, uh, let's talk about this. Eastlake's been hosting this thing since 2005. This current scoring format, which we'll get into more here shortly, has been going on since 2019. So on our fourth year of that. I our reigning champion, uh, Patrick Cantley, comes in second this week. So only two shots back of Scotty Scheffler. He's kind of doing what he did last year. He played kind of solid golf throughout the year, wins the BMW, gets quadruple points, 2,000 FedEx Cup points, jumps up the rankings, and then has himself a solid week at Eastlake, which is, of course, similar to Wilmington Country Club that we saw last week. It requires a lot of every aspect of your game. You can certainly win if you're doing something really well, but you're going to need to hit it straight. You're going to need to be able to get up and down, and then these greens, kind of like Wilmington, are big. Big and have tons of undulations. So Big we know, thing. yeah, we do know that this is a Donald Ross course. This history, this course's history, actually, too, is really, uh, it's got a uh, really big ties to Bobby Jones. Uh, you'll notice that this. So this course was created in something like 1905. Not originally designed by by Donald Ross, but then redesigned in 1913 by Donald Ross. It stand at the task of time until like the 80s or the 90s when the community around the course and the course itself kind of lost some of its luster. Uh, they brought in an architect to kind of redesign the course to bring it back to Donald Ross's original designs. And that's kind of when we saw it being re-implemented into the Tour Championship. So since 2005, we've been at Eastlake. It's a wonderful course. It's got some really long par threes. So uh, I'm actually going to be looking myself at Xander Shoffley this week. I think he's a guy that's been driving the golf ball really well. And then uh, when he gets hot, his putter's unbelievable. It's actually something I heard Brandel Shambly say last year. And this is before we your saw... Hero, your hero, Brandel Shambly. Uh, you know, I like, I like Brandel's stats. I don't necessarily like Brandel as a person. I think he tries to be a little too controversial. But he did bring out the stat that when we think about how successful Xander's been over the past year or two... You forget that he won the Olympics, and then he also, in 2021, technically won this event, but because he was started so many strokes back, he didn't actually win the event, right? So I think about Xander's course. He's, he played really well last week. This is a course that fits his game really well, and I'm looking for him to kind of break through. He's one of those young stars that maybe we've lost our sight on a little bit because of guys like Zalatoris and Cam Young. But uh, Xander Shoffley is still a young buck out there, and I think he's got what it takes to take it down. Xander carried, well, not carried, but he was a standout for the Ryder Cup team as well. Yeah, I think the guy plays well in big pressure moments, so I'm excited to see him this week. Can I ask a general question about about the Tour Championship? Like, do you do you guys, do you think these guys? How does this stack up to everything else? Like, obviously, the Masters and the the majors are like 
Would you say like the U.S. Open, winning the U.S. Open is more important than winning the Tour Championship? Without question. Right? That's an interesting question. So, it is an interesting is question. This as important as it's the players? I'm not trying to downplay it. I'm just curious how, like, in the mindset of a golfer, how this actually stacks up in totality to everything else. Yeah, from a, from a well, from a viewer's perspective, it's a lot different than from a PGA Tour pro's perspective too. Because yeah. for us, right, majors tend to be our barometer for who is most successful throughout their career. It's been this way for a long time, and it continues to be. I mean, $18 million to the winner here. It doesn't, maybe because money hasn't been talked about a lot in golf over the past decade. Right. This is a huge accomplishment to win this. In fact, some reporter asked Rory, is this the hardest trophy to win? And Rory said, I don't know. Is the Super Bowl the hardest trophy to win in football? And it's like, yes, when you think about it, this is the hardest one to win. So even though it might not get the notoriety from the press and from us because we think majors are more important, it's without a doubt the hardest and I think the, the best one to win. But it's somewhat, it's like... You think this is okay. the best one to win? Yeah, absolutely. It's the 30 best golfers in the world year in, year out. If you win this, you're the best golfer in the world. So you are saying you would rather someone hand you the FedEx Cup than a green jacket? No, I mean, I, I think from a fan's perspective, I see your argument, right? It's like the, the history of the Augusta National and the green jacket is important, but this is the hardest tournament in the world to win in golf. And even though it doesn't get the notoriety from the press perspective, absolutely, it's the best tournament to win. Well, you're now, the best golfer. Now, hold on, Tully. You're, you're calling him out <laughs> for now, that. Now, hold on, Tully. You're calling him out for that. But I'm not also, trying to argue You're or also the, the one on this podcast supporting Live the Most, all these guys who are taking <laughs> all this money and putting their chances of playing in a major again on the line just to do I've never once said though that I would rather like go if I couldn't play in the majors I said I assume they're all well like assuming that these like DJ assumes that he is qualified for all these majors because he's won them recently and are, technically has exemptions based off of those. sure but they're assuming that's a big assumption I'm yeah so, but I mean it's so let's they know let's power rank the, the trophies or the the achievements in golf <laughs> like it's this is it's it's the masters or the open got, not got to be the masters well, I mean, when you think the Masters, in the, open, guys, I think maybe, the Masters yeah. in the Open sit equally above on top of, of the list. Absolutely. Like, could this feasibly slot underneath those two ahead of the other two? Oh, other no. I mean, from a fan's perspective, it's Open and the it's, PGA and the Open. Yeah, it's Masters and Open, and then it goes probably U.S. Open, PGA. Right. And then this is well below it, along with maybe some other tour events like the players. But uh, yeah, the that's players is where I think this is. But I'm falls talking clubhouse, like clubhouse, like chops. Like you're walking in the clubhouse, you sit down. And that's you're like, where I'm like, that are, guy, man. that guy won the the tour championship, or that guy won the players. Like who has who has more clout in the, play, in the I, players' yeah. mind? In the players' mind, I don't know the answer. In the players' minds, like I'd be curious. Like I think the players also look more at the majors and things than, like that than they do this. Not that Rory's not right because it this is a culmination of season long playing. Well, this this is a harder trophy, sure to win than being good at one individual event. I'll give them that. That's fine, but I don't think this has nearly the value because of all the history and all that kind of stuff, the PGA tour would love for the FedEx cup to become the, the Super, Super Bowl. Bowl. Yeah. 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 But it's never going to surpass the masters, the open championship, the U S open. It might be able to pass the PGA championship. I'll be honest. That does not have nearly as much clout in my mind. It's mm. that that's the least of the majors Could it just be the PGA. championship. Well, so, so here's my argument is that I don't, I don't like stand firmly behind Rory on this. I just agree that when you beat the 30 best players in the world, you're winning the most elite golf championship. Yeah, that but Cam year. Smith sat out last week and he could still win. So it'd be, it'd be like sitting out the divisional round of the NFL playoffs. And yeah, yeah. I mean, still winning your comparisons are true and it's tough to compare it to a masters. But I think that Tully makes the one key point here is that I think the PGA Tour has just fumbled what is yeah, the Super tour Bowl championship, nice. right? They just they uh, haven't yeah. done a well, a well enough job to 
I mean, Eastlake is a beautiful course. It's a wonderful course. It has a ton of golf history, but it's no Pebble Beach. It's no Whistling Straits, right? Mm-hmm. It's no, it, it needs, they need to, I think that Eastlake's a great venue, right? And we know it well because we're golf fans. But if the PGA Tour were to really, truly give the Tour Championship what it needs to be the event that it actually is, because you're beating the best players in the world that year, it's got to be at a better course. I mean, the purse money going up is huge, but you're right. Like the media coverage, these are things that the PGA Tour is going to work on now that Liv's entered the picture. And I think that you might see the Tour Championship really take a notch up over the next five years compared to where you see it on that major list for me if you want it to go up against a major in terms of what it actually means you can't be giving people a 10 stroke lead over you know the last place person going into the tournament it's not a contest of who's playing the best golf this week it's not gonna doesn't measure it again this is a season-long thing rather than a one thing so yes this tells you maybe who should win player of the year for the the tournament or something like that, but it, yeah. it it doesn't necessarily tell you anything about you know historical grand scheme of things. It's just it's one good year rather than you know iconic historical. It's kind of like qualifying for the college football playoff or something, where it's like a you you kind of just get in the final bracket. It's like having a bye round yeah. one or something in some kind of round robin. I totally agree with that, Tully. It's like if you're going to make this thing everything that it's worth. Right? I think the product is there. The 30 best golfers in the world are there on the PGA Tour. It's just, you're right. Like, How are you going to call it fair if a guy's starting 10 under and one guy's starting 1 under? And even historically, when it was just points-based, it's like, statistically speaking, so we'll get into that here. I'm just going to say this. We'll, we'll get into the format. But statistically speaking, five years ago, there were 20 guys that entered this tournament that had no, absolutely no statistical percentage chance to win this tournament because they were so many points behind that even if the top 10 all had to be DQ'd or withdraw, they still wouldn't be able to make up the gap. Now, at least we have a format where some guy starting 10 strokes back he could make up some of that ground over four days, and, and he has a statistical chance to win. But I know. Let's get into it. So this event starts. Scotty Scheffler's our number one going in. He's going to start the event, I know, at 10 under par. The guy that came in second this week, or second in the standings, is going to start at 8 under, and then 7, 6, 5, and then you start getting into groups of players at 4, 3, 2, 1 under, and even. Wait, so no, no 9? That's okay. good. No, no, no 9. Goes 10, 10 8. 8, 6, 5, 4, down, down, down. So I think Tully, Tully, I think, has been the most strongly worded about not liking this argument or not liking this scoring format. I certainly think it's wonky. <laughs> and then especially as we talk about the Tour Championship and where it ranks as far as the best events to win, it's really hard to compare it when you already have some guys starting with leads. I will only make one comment, and I think that this scoring format, as weird as it has been, has produced some really great winners. It gives guys a chance to come from behind, like I talked about, that maybe didn't have a statistical chance in the points era. Now they do. Um, but you're right. Getting behind someone starting five shots ahead of someone, you're right. We need to probably decide a FedEx Cup championship after the BMW and then walk into this event. Everything's fresh, and we're playing for a ton of money. I am happy to concede that this is better than the previous system where we saw Justin Rose win the FedEx Cup after we watched the entire state of wherever he was follow Tiger down when he actually won the tournament itself and then... Lame duck. Lame duck. The FedEx Cup. Yeah, it, like it didn't mean anything. You could it's see like the cameras just turned to Justin. He's like, "Hey, I'm here. <laughs> cool." Yeah, like it was just so awkward. So this is better than that because it does force there is one winner. Whoever won the tournament this week also wins the FedEx Cup. That's great. But it, the fact that I, I mean, I realistically, yeah. I think it's uh, the bottom includes like I think Sahith is you know one under two or even or something like that. Like the real the chance of him actually catching up to Scotty at ten under already, barring huge collapses from these guys that are up there it doesn't it's they're not really relevant to it 
it's a great accomplishment. They're going to get a nice payday. Now they'll get into the Century Tournament of Champions with how they change that and stuff. But it's just not really interesting unless you're looking at the top five guys, which means there's really less golf. When it, There's already less golf to watch because there's 30 players. And now there's less golf that actually even matters. <coughs> It's like the it's I think the most it's like the Tour de France, right? Like if you're winning by six France, minutes, France. Yeah. If you're winning by, you know, twenty minutes of race time at the last leg, you can stop and have a espresso in the last ten minutes and walk to the but like people appreciate that because it happens in a row. But I yeah, I think I don't know. I I'd be curious if anyone else has an opinion, but I, I I do think that like um it I, we're clearly not looking forward to this one tenth as much as the masters. Right. So it's obviously could use a, a refresh here and Maybe with yeah. Liv coming in, they could reconsider it. And this was a refresh, like, what, three years ago, Ben? Four yeah, years 2019, ago? four years ago. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you, Tully, um, that the guys that are even minus one just stand no chance <coughs> to even win this week. But all this format does is kind of gives them, like, a long shot chance before. It was the same way in the point system. Like, if you were 25 through 30 with the points, you were, you didn't have a chance to win either. And I didn't like that either. Yeah. So it's like I, they, have to, they have to figure out a way to maybe give the guys 20 to 30 a better chance to actually get up there and win it. I think this was an attempt to do that, but with the way that, I mean, Scotty Scheffler starting at 10 under is just nuts in my mind. Yeah, I think at the heart of this thing, either with the points or now, it's like they always were kind of – you know, we'd like to see the long shot have a better chance. It just seems like that's more fair. Um, but this, they've kind of, in the points and this, they've set it up where there's only really, you know, five to eight guys that can win this thing. So I'd like to see it changed up a little bit where I think I'm going back on my word a little bit here because I was complaining about how Zalatoris just jumped Scotty after winning one event when Scotty won four times that year. But I want to see a tour championship where every single person's got a legitimate chance. I mean, I'd like to see everyone start, if, you know, I think 10 shots is too much, more like five, but I still think the scoring format itself is weird. But 10 is too much for a guy to make up in four rounds. Yeah, like I think it's perfectly reasonable to give someone an advantage like because they did perform. Like a mulligan? Well. Yeah, yeah, give them what? That, that'd be great. <laughs> five Powerball. Yeah, <laughs> women's tees? Maybe with tomorrow golf, we might get some of as that. As crazy as that sounds, like now that I'm starting to think about tomorrow's sports, like that could happen. Yeah. Yeah. Could you? imagine that'd be a lot of fun to watch that would be very interesting but the the idea that you know it's, it's so insurmountable. you make it like a five under or you just give it a couple strokes to maybe the top five guys so it's it's everybody that is fifth or you know sorry 25 and back or, or five and back rather sorry math is hard uh like math. they're Good they're math. all starting at even and then scotty's at three patrick's at two whoever's in third right now is at one and that's it it's a much more reasonable Anyone gets there, but they do still have an advantage. And let's not forget, Scotty already received $4 million for winning the regular season on the FedEx Cup standings. Like That's what I'm saying. Pay him out. He had a great season. He deserves it. Maybe take chips. some of this money and give it to him. Cash him out. But then we get into this tournament. Yeah, you put, know, the, put the gladiators in the arena. I'm not a proponent of this scoring format. I think it's worked yeah. out okay. But you're right. I like throw him in the arena. Make it, you know, Royal Rumble. I mean, you look at every other major sport. And the number one seed isn't starting with a two-touchdown lead in the Super Bowl. Aggregate in soccer, you know, that happens. International soccer, you you have to beat a team like five to three. To oh, that's true. Aggregate two. scoring. That's like yeah. another thing, yeah. I mean, it, it happens in sports. The Tour mostly. de France was an interesting reference as well, and that's yeah, a long, full, long history of that one. Over here. But yeah, I, I, I would like, I think the, I mean, we can move on here, maybe some more picks, but like, I think the, the best situation would be in the final thing, you have the top 30 guys, and you just throw them in. You say, best man wins. They're all playing battle golf. They yeah. all have to take clubs from each other to be great. Especially because I think one of the beauties of this course is that it plays really hard. Like we've seen, so Tiger Woods shot 23 under here in like 2007. 
And since then, we've only seen like maybe half the scores finish in double digits under par. So I think that further <laughs> adds Scotty to starts the. At 10 under. So I think that further <laughs> adds to the inability for these guys to catch up, right? Like the past couple of years under this new scoring format, the, the winning score has been around twenty under. So that's just the leaders shooting ten under. Guys are not able to shoot twenty under to scores because it's only really ever been done once, and that's by Tiger in 07. Since we're all brainstorming here, is there a world <laughs> where? We kind of sacrifice like the on course fans to like move this tournament to some of these courses that are so like world renowned, but like don't really have the capacity to handle like a PJ tour. Like I'm thinking of Bandon Dune, Cypress Point, like one of yeah. those like those like iconic courses that everyone knows and loves, but just never actually seen the best players in the world kind yeah. of tee it up there in a that. live setting. Because players res- like the that's the thing is like the players respect like players. Oh, I'm trying to say this. It's like Kyrie in basketball. He can dribble the hell out of the ball, and every, every other NBA player respects him. If you go to like a, a crazy course and win this thing, like the players are going to respect you for winning the championship rather than playing at the same place every year. So if you go to like one of the hardest courses, make it super hard, and you go out there like gladiators in the arena, you can actually like I, I think the players would would like see that as more of a challenge. It might actually be a good a good uh, solution. I think the players would love that, and I think that it sounds great from that perspective, but in terms of is there a world, I don't think that exists now because of the whole live thing and where that all stands, that like they're so focused on now, like fan engagement, all that other, those other facets of it to keep people engaged, and I think it would be really tough to do, but I agree it would be awesome to do. Like they should do something like a match there where you take – the top 10 finishers at this as like, you know, maybe tomorrow golf puts it on kind of or whatever. And they have great technology to make it really accessible to everybody. Got everyone mic'd up and all that. Yeah. You can like, there's a way that you yeah. should see these players at these courses doing something. I mean, you don't have to have a $50 million purse for, to get, these guys are all friends pretty much. It's at the top of the Yeah. Game. Just pay them. Yeah. And then there's just like some money at play as well. I mean, they just get paid under the table because they're all members of the union and the PGA tour and they make a ton of money. But to that point, so this East, it's been played at East Lake since 04, actually. But listen to some of these courses they played at before. Pebble Beach, Harbor Town, exactly. Pinehurst, there Olympic Club, Southern Hills. All these were tour championship venues. Yeah. Bring that back. That's I think the that the right PJ there. Tour has got to look at it. I mean, I think like we're, tw- we're almost 20 years into the same location for the tour championship. And you're going to watch this tournament, and you're going to be like, wow, beautiful course. But, like... I'm sorry, but like Atlanta or East Lake just doesn't quite get that notoriety that it these doesn't other have courses the wow do. factor. Yeah. some of those other courses. It's historic. Really like- it's got you know, it's got great heritage. It's got great players that have played at it and won at it. But you're right. It's just go play at Pebble every year, or you know, do a couple years at Pebble, a couple years at Bandon. I agree. I think they were definitely trying to get that whole Masters vibe kind of thing where it's always at the one course, right. and, and it's same thing with the players. And it just doesn't because they already have two events that are like that in the play. They basically made it another player. I know Sawgrass and Augusta are leaps and bounds ahead of East Lake. It's just B- fair. Build a course on an island like a Bond <laughs> like in the like middle of the in the middle of the Atlantic. You only somewhere. get twelve balls, <laughs> <laughs> one golf club on the island. Okay, let's get into some more picks. Who else are you guys looking at? I'm thinking Rom. Purely vibes. Big Spain. Big, so big Spain. Spain. Big Spain starting in seven, honor of seven your, shots your future back. in-laws coming in. Right? I think. Yeah. I think Big Spain is the snake in the grass, man. I I, I would big snake, no. <laughs> but like he he I know he's behind. Who's he? Minus three seven. He's gonna seven back. Yeah. Just started minus I mean, three. I'm just you know picking long shots here. I I'm really I've I've really been impressed with his position in the whole PGA Live thing. He's been like very. He came out like maybe a week or two ago and was like pretty. And he was pretty anti live, but he's kind of like he he had a chance to kind of like leave, obviously. And I think he's been like sitting there waiting. He's not involved in this controversy. He's just trying to play good golf. Um, he's been t- two top 10s in a row, which has been impressive. 
and he can arguably be the most talented golfer in the world. And I could see someone like Rom coming out and going, you know, you know, getting pretty low the first day and actually making a run at this thing. But I feel like he's been pretty under the radar as far as like all the controversy's gone. And I can see him coming out and actually shooting some good golf. So um, I don't know. I, I'm also just like he's one of my favorite, like probably top five golfers. And I just want to root for him. I want to see him go out there and, and win. Well, I think the whole like idea of a guy being seven shots back to us seems very possible. But then, yeah. like, when you break it down in the statistics of the PGA Tour, like, seven shots is just so much bigger than it really feels. But he's someone that can do it, though. He has every, I agree. He has every shot in the bag, hits it long, he can approach well. I mean, he can get, if his putter gets hot, I mean, he can actually be the guy that makes up that seven strokes. Anything can happen on the weekend, right? Rom just got to go out and shoot 65-65 Thursday, Friday. Yeah. All right, who's up next? I'm going to go with the storyline. I'm going to go with Rory, you know, as kind of, you know, Tiger's... Uh, Second in command, sort of situation Colin, here. Colin, you couldn't. Our <laughs> listeners couldn't hear it, but Colin, Colin just took his fist and just went, "Oh, oh hard all shucks. <laughs> He almost slapped his knee. <laughs> but you know, it feels like it would be like the right ending to the PGA Tour season. You know, with Rory, who is that you know kind of that person that is the up and coming. He's like I said, Tiger's second in command, really uh, winning, especially after that heartbreak at the Open, all that kind of stuff. Obviously, he has the firepower to come back, have a big round. He is starting, what, six shots back, I think it is. So, yep. you know, we've seen him come out on a Sunday and, you know, make a big round at the Masters and end up, you know, finishing in second place. So, he's got the ability. He's played well at Eastlake before. So, I, I think he's, a, you know, he could make that run rather than picking someone in the top five or whatever. I'll go with him. He is the MR in tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I still in maintain my, it was a good point. In my tomorrow. Wait, Maury Racklemore? <laughs> Mark <Maury? laughs> All right, how about you, Tip? Who are you taking? You know, so I've been on this guy all season long. I've been one of his biggest supporters. <laughs> I know how talented he is. Ooh, the I was meteor? talking about him about a little bit earlier. Is, would you say he's out of this world? He is out of this world. Sometimes <laughs> it's falling into this yeah. world through the atmosphere. Meteoric rise. Patrick Cantlay. <laughs> he wow. is Interesting. On the edge of our seats there. He is yeah. phenomenal. He is. <laughs> Honest golfer. He is the best golfer on the tour. He's going to come in here. He's going to run it back-to-back. Old Happy Feet's going to be knocking in some putts. I'm feeling very confident he's in there. He's already shown Scotty. He's won last week. He's going to chase Scotty down again, and it's going to be all Cantlay. Did you all Cantlay Happy Feet or Scotty Happy Feet there? Cantlay. Cantlay's pre-shot routine is Have you ever seen him putt? His pre-shot routine is outrageous. He probably taps his feet 25 times before he actually hits the shot. It's like Nomar. Kind of like Eric. Car back in the day when he's getting in the batter's box. You know, ironically, I thought Cantlay's the slowest golfer I've ever seen. This weekend, I watched the Kevin men's Young. U.S. Amateur on TV. I don't know if you guys caught any of it. Please go back and watch some highlights. The kid that won played unbelievable, but I've actually never seen a slower pre-shot routine. It's, it's outrageous. <laughs> it's easily 45 seconds by the time he steps over the ball and then actually hits the ball. you got to look it up. But I like the Cantlay pick. A little polarizing for you. Previously saying that Patrick Cantlay was on a meteoric yeah, fall. Flapping son of a bitch. But I'm also surprised you didn't stick with Scotty. A guy I picked last week coming in first place. Great value. The guy starting with a lead over everyone. It's, it's fun. Cantlay's right there with him. Scotty, love him to death. He's done great this season. But, you know, I just think it's, it's Cantlay's year. Well, do you want to say, you, you got Scotty in our, our uh, fantasy football. Like, what'd you get him as? Like, the. 11. Oh, yeah. The 11th That's pick. dumb in he, hindsight. Why would we let that happen? He, he so earned stupid. me the second overall pick in our oh, draft. JT took Finau. First pick. <laughs> well, I think the crazy thing Kate was hot. is, didn't Brandon have the 12th pick and he took Cantlay? I think you're right. Yeah, first and just, I think and Scotty came in, what, third last week? So he yeah. got first and third on the last two picks. That tells you how good we are at both fantasy football and picking golfers. 
It's an inverse relationship. All right, so Colin, who are you Colin, taking? Who are you Maury, taking? Are Maury we another, uh, yeah, he's, Roy, Roy's twin. What Fli- Maury's Flitcroft Maury, are you taking Maury's here, Colin? <laughs> Gerard Hoppy. Well, Gerard Hoppy. Well, much like Arnold the, Palm Tree. Much like the 30 golfers <laughs> teeing it up this weekend, I'm reflecting on this season of golf and where this podcast started and where we've come. And <laughs> what's, been, what's been our biggest tagline this year? The year of Scotty. Yeah. So we Someone just, had we just spent, how, I don't know how long, talking about how Ridiculous this setup is, given Scotty Scheffler 10 strokes right off the bat. He's going to win this thing. He's going to take it home. It's the year of Scotty. I believe he was my first winning pick of this season, so I'm going to ride my horse to the end here. Scotty Scheffler is going to take home the Tour Championship. You have picked the most winners. so Now you're just trying to get another win under your belt, you cheap motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) It would be four. I guess when you do the math, I don't really have the math in front of me, but he's he's probably starting with like a a six-and-a-half shot lead on, on average. On everyone in the field, right? Obviously, there's a couple closer, but a six and a half shot lead on average or something like that, probably. So it's it's outrageous how much of a lead he has. He's yeah. great chance to finish top five. Pretty good. He played well last week. Um, not so much two weeks ago, but I think he's got it together. And yeah, I mean, this, he's just going to be coasting to a victory here. No well, I doubt. think that Scotty and Cantlay really set themselves apart, other than the fact that they're ahead by so much. But uh, <laughs> you look at Xander, Sam Burns, Cam Smith, Rory, Finau, Straka, Sungjae. These guys are all good golfers, but like no, Patrick. No, Straka's not. Patrick Cantlay and, and Scotty Scheffler are just the two most complete packages on this list. I mean, you see guys further down the list that also probably fall into that category, maybe like a Hideki or a, a Homa, but they're going to be too far back to make any charge. So I think it's pretty clear cut. We got two distinct tiers here. We got Scotty and Cantlay kind of fighting with their really complete games and then just a bunch of pursuers and guys we can hope that just get really hot. No Sam Burns love? I mean, he's a shot, right? Yeah, but he's yeah. not as complete as, as these guys. I mean, he's just a little wild off the Colin's, tee. But Colin's a Sam Burns guy. I got Sam Burns love, but he wasn't, yeah, he was He was left, right. He was playing army golf off the tee last week, mm-hmm. not so good. Good. But can get hot because it can roll that flat stick. That's correct. So let's just look at So there's a couple guys that made a jump into the event this week that were previously outside the top 30. We got Scott Stallings, right, who had a great week, comes in second. He went from 47th to 12th. K.H. Lee goes from 43rd to 26th, a nice jump. And then our bubble boy, Adam Scott, started the week at 46 and then has... Bubble Boy, great movie. I'm telling you, it is a good movie. You also need to find... If you find B-roll of Adam Scott's up and down on the final hole on Sunday at the BMW, he puts it in the front left bunker to a back right pin, which is up on its own small tier. And Scott hits like a 45, 50-yard bunker shot to like within tap-in range to then make the putt and get in at number 30. So an unbelievable finish there for Adam Scott. Soon to go to live? No, I don't. I don't think Adam Scott will go to live. I think he's a little team Aussie. He's going. We'll see. I mean, that's an interesting one. We got to find seven. Apparently, for what Shipnuck said, but I think Scotty's more of a Adam Scott's more of a lifetime PGA Tour. This is where they play the music in. No, did, they, did you do that in post processing? You play the music. <laughs> yeah, but I was going to close this out. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to give us a little Warcraft thing. Forecraft cocktails really the are best, so good. The we most, do all. We the, all love Forecraft cocktails. Most drinkable. If it's a Friday night with your friends, <laughs> gluten-free. I'm telling you, we've tried. Now 7%. We've, we've, tried, a lot, we've tried a lot of them, and just none yeah. of them stack up. This is going to 7%. It's, just, it's, it's actually better. for them, too. Honestly, just I'll make a Just the tiniest little bite to it, and it's just it's the smoothest one out on the market. I've tried other drinks. Nothing compares. All right, we're biased, but like last Saturday when we were playing, we we tried the, uh, at the turn, we got uh, the Barstool Mixer. And the Warcraft one was so much better. I know, I'm no biased, but it's so much better. It is. I it really agree. is. Like it's, it's like way less. Uh, I don't know. If you're listening, you're working at a golf course or you work at a, a liquor store. Having these things all in one too just cuts down just on smooth. the amount of inventory you got to carry. So you can always put a floater on it too if you want a little 
normal extra. <laughs> Still, I mean, it's great. Yep, so thanks for joining us, everyone. Make sure you check out our All sponsor, at 4Craft Cocktails on Instagram and 4CraftCocktails.com. If you haven't yet, head on over to Instagram. Give us a follow. Check out our new reel. We play a hole at Musket Ridge here in Frederick, Maryland, at Big Players Only Pod. Thanks, everyone. See you.